Hello, and good morning to you. I'm Bruce. And I'm Mike. And we're with Tech Connect. And Tech Connect is very important to you, and you may not realize that now, but after you listening to a series of our podcasts about the kinds of technologies that are available to you every day, whether it be for entertainment, education, employment, or just information and research. All these things will come together in our conversations with you so that you appreciate how much more these devices can add to your life. And we're baby boomers, just like you. Basically, this is baby boomers talking to baby boomers about the new technology. So sit back, relax, and listen. Hello, everyone. I'm Bruce. And I'm Michael. And we're back, and we're today going to be talking about assistive technology for hearing. So basically, we're talking about hearing aids and over-the-counter hearing devices that are available to you now. Basically, the difference between a hearing aid and the other hearing devices is that the hearing aid is an FDA-approved device it's a meta, considered a medical device and it's usually purchased through prescription from a doctor. So the over-the-counter or they're called PSAPs, personal sound amplification, amp, amplification <laughs> products. Okay. But these are usually devices that you can purchase at a Best Buy or electronic store on Amazon. And they're devices that don't require prescriptions, and you can get them uh, to assist your hearing, whether you have, where you have low to moderate hearing uh, problems. The x-ray or the hearing aids, however, you get an exam from a doctor, you have to go back to that doctor periodically for that hearing aid to be adjusted, and they're more expensive usually than the over-the-counter or PSAP devices. Now Bruce, you keep mentioning the doctor. Can a general practitioner make a recommendation for that kind of product? Or what kind of doctor could handle that? That's the audiologist. Audiologist? Is the doctor that you would require for your hearing loss. Oh, oh, okay. Or hearing problems. But like I said, the hearing aids, they've been around for a while and I think we all probably know someone that has a hearing aid. Or needs them. Or, need, or needs one. In fact, I might be needing one soon. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've been playing the drums my whole life, so... Oh, yeah. Well, you're there. I'm, I'm going to get there. But anyway, they have different styles of hearing aids. We're going to talk about them briefly because we're not medical personnel, medical doctors. We're not audiologists, so we can't prescribe these or anything, but we're going to tell you some of the differences. The... Styles, there are two basic styles. There's the behind the ear hearing aid and the in canal hearing aid. One is called the BTE, that's for behind the ear, and the RIC hearing aid style is in your hearing canal. The BTEs are usually better if you have moderate to low hearing loss. The RICs are usually in the ear canal, so they're better used for more extreme hearing loss. The 
main thing about these devices, again, is that they have to be taken back to your audiologist, your doctor, so that they can be periodically adjusted so that as your hearing me baby gets even worse mm -hmm. or whatever, they can adjust them to uh, help you. Well, Bruce, you know, maybe you can help me understand this because with, I mean, with all the advances in technology for the things that we talk to to date, it seems that our generation in particular is reluctant to use technology to help them hear better. What is it about this technology that people, when you first tell somebody that they may need something to help them with their hearing, they, they're so resistant. What is it about the hearing aids or hearing devices that has people, for the most part, don't want to use these devices? Well, I think we all probably attribute hearing aids to old people. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and nobody wants to think that they're an old person. However, uh, we are. Uh, yeah. If you're a baby boomer, yeah, you, you might as well accept it, the it, fact it, that it is what it is. you're an old person yeah. at this point. Talk to a 30-year-old or 25-year-old and <laughs> see what he thinks about whether and you're an old person or not. Okay. <laughs> but, yeah, so a lot of people are hesitant. And one of the reasons that the FDA is, has started the category of OTC PSAP mm -hmm. devices mm -hmm is so that more people, baby boomers, okay. because there's a large population oh, yeah. of us getting older and our hearing is starting to mm -hmm. wane, the FDA and the, the government wanted to make them more available to people so the OTC devices don't require a doctor appointment or audiologist mm -hmm. uh, screening or tests and they don't require a prescription. So they're aware of the fact that people are hesitant to get these devices, but we need them. <laughs> so they have lessened or lowered the rules that are required uh, regarding obtaining these devices to assist you in your hearing. And there are, at this point in time, are a myriad of devices that you can use to improve your hearing. And, you know, uh, I know that there are times, though, where I like to act like I don't hear. <laughs> like when someone says, do you have $50? And, and you don't move. Right, right. You just like stay there and stare at the space like, you know, you're concentrating on something else. And they'll ask you a second time. And you, and you don't flinch. You don't move. <laughs> you know, but let somebody start rumbling around in your bedroom and you can hear that sound 50 miles away. Okay. <laughs> but uh, all jokes aside, I know that hearing loss is a very serious issue for people. And uh, the key thing is, the most important thing that we can do is this, all this stuff is about quality of life. There's no need literally to suffer in silence when there are these technologies that are available to us. And now the price point right, where we are with these technologies. Yeah. And like you were saying, I mean, it's about quality of life. And all the devices and things that we talk about here on this podcast mm -hmm. are about maintaining a higher or better quality of life yeah. as you age. Hearing is <laughs> hearing loss is something that I mean forever you've known that as you get older your hearing starts to wane. Oh. And Mike, you were talking about the I, baby I, boomers and the music we listen to. I, I, yeah, I've been to some extraordinarily great concerts 
And unfortunately, I thought that being in the front row was the best place to be. <laughs> yeah, right. And it was, but I'm sure that there's a price for me to pay for that on the back end of that whole process. Wonderful groups. Chicago, Steppenwolf, Earth, Wind, and Fire. And the list goes on and on and on. And when those guys played, they kicked it out. And the bass was thumping. And the technology at the time gave you speakers. Oh. That you could feel the vibration <laughs> from the bass. You could, your chest could move. Right. Okay. <laughs> so you know that those same vibrations uh, were hitting I, your eardrums. Oh yeah. I, I know I paid the price. And they start to deteriorate your eardrums. Uh, and over time, yeah, that's another part of your body that is uh, losing its flexibility, mm-hmm. etc. And you start to lose your hearing. But now, because... Both the FDA, the government, has made it so that more companies can enter this arena and sell you a device to assist you in your hearing. It's no reason to spend time having that problem when you can fix it. And, you know, um, the one thing about these devices is that as we all talk about these assistive technologies is that... They don't, they're not a cure for what ails you. If you have vision loss, it's vision loss. Hearing loss, it's hearing loss. But what these devices do is help you overcome those losses. They're not cures, they're tools to to positively impact what the loss has been to date. Uh, Don't want people confused that, you know, I got a cure for hearing loss or I got a cure for blindness. That's not what we're talking about. As just like there's no cure for mobility issues. It is what it is. But you as a community, our community, we have to start to embrace this stuff. This is real. And the sooner we are able to understand these technologies and what role they play in our life and as these devices, as they mature, as we mature, we have to make adjustments to how we're going to use these devices in the future. We don't want to live a compromised life at all as much as we possibly can. And again, on the technical side, the types of hearing aids, the medical devices that are out there, you have bone conduction devices that actually transmit your vibrations to your ear through your skull. They actually vibrate the bone on the side of your uh, head, and that transfers the vibrations to your eardrum. The other devices that they have, and they are for more, for hearing loss that's a little more severe, is the actual in-canal devices that actually vibrate your inner ear so that you can hear something better. All of these devices uh, have batteries, and the batteries can be expensive as well. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. One other type of device that you might use if you have a hearing problem and you're at a concert or um, of some type or a play in New York is a telecoil device, which is actually a device that you wear. I guess it would be given to you at your venue. That's correct. Right, that's right. But you would wear this device, and it is actually connected over a radio signal Mm -hmm. to the broadcasting device. device right so that you can hear everything that's going on directly as it's broadcast to your headset or whatever type of device they have that you place over your ears and a lot of time with these devices you can actually make a reservation for them in advance oh okay all right 
And so, as you said before, especially those kind of events, such as going to the theater for a Broadway show, or even some churches, some houses of worship, right. actually have these technologies as well, too. And so that, you know, they're understanding the fact that the population that they serve need these tools, and we should embrace them. Now, talking about the over-the-counter devices or the PSAPs, this is the area that's opening up because of some of the Bluetooth technology yeah. that exists uh, that we've talked about before re regarding Bluetooth on your phones and your your phone that you carry with you every day. A lot of these over-the-counter devices are connected to your phone over Bluetooth and they can be adjusted over your phone so yeah. that you can make them uh, louder or softer. You can make them uh, focus out background noise so you can maybe hear more clearly a conversation with someone. And like I said, the FDA understands that the, there's a large population, mm -hmm. us, baby boomers who are aging, into hearing loss, and we're going to need these devices, and they wanted companies to address the issue by lowering the standards that are required as far as making them medical devices right. not being medical devices has opened up the market and made more companies enter it. One of the companies that did enter that device area is was Bose. And Bose, if anyone had the Bose speakers back in the day and they even today. Even yeah. today. Bose was one of the they had some of the best speakers, okay? It was Bose. Uh, everybody wanted a Bose machine or a Bose speaker or a Bose uh, radio because mm -hmm. they made good products. Well, Bose started out making a hearing device, but they transferred the company. They took their name out and made, turned it into Lexi, L-E-X-I-E. And Lexi makes a hearing device that is Bluetooth, so it connects to your phone. It requires no prescription, no doctor to adjust it periodically. You can adjust it over your app on your phone. It's over the counter, so you can purchase it in a store or online. They have them on, like, on Amazon. <laughs> and a Bluetooth connect to your phone for adjustments and you can use them to have phone conversations mm -hmm. or listen to music. Right. So they become a... Remember back in the <laughs> mid-2000s where everybody was running around with the earpiece in their ear oh. connected to their phone? Yeah. Remember it was a style choice, exactly. in fact. Yeah. In fact when you, right. When you see people doing it now, it's like, yeah. wow. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you doing that? <laughs> right. But everybody had the thing hanging out the oh, ear. Oh, yeah. Well, these, the... Lexi device is a behind-the-ear device that has a little piece that fits in the ear. They're almost not noticeable unless you're looking at the person from the back. And you have that kind of connection to your phone all the time. Well, uh, you know, here again, it goes back to style versus vanity. You know, I don't see why people would be concerned about wearing a, a, a device to help you hear better. You gotta overcome this vanity issue, especially for women. I mean, most women' hair hangs over their their ear. Right. You really can't see it most of the time, and for those that you can't see it, 
some of these devices are minuscule. They're even don't even come and cause anymore. They use it like transparent. Right? right. You can actually see the flesh color of your ear and stuff like that. So you really have to focus on paying attention to somebody's ears. And I personally am not a person that focuses on watching people's ears. <laughs> I may look at their eyes or their nose or mouth or teeth, but I'm not an ear man. <laughs> You're not. I'm not yeah. an ear man. Okay, no, I'm right. not. But uh, the key thing that the FDA really is trying to do, as Bruce said, is that they're trying to reduce the threshold because they they don't they're not these devices are not safety issues they they, they can't kill you if they don't work well right. uh, just basically it's the effectiveness but even that's not even an issue because the good chance because they're first of all they're inexpensive compared to hearing aids these uh psaps you can be judgmental as to how effective these devices are working but they're not going to harm you. They're not going to shatter your eardrum. Right. That kind of stuff. So it's not like it's a car where they got to get involved or some other kind of electronic device where they have to step in to make sure it doesn't hurt you. That's why they're trying to take more of a hands-off approach and let these consumer electronic manufacturers be in this space now. Because here again, most of the time, PSAPs are what people need. Right. Especially early on, if you're if you're just starting to experience what you think is hearing loss, and you might go get a uh, an exam to find out how much hearing you've lost, mm-hmm. because they can tell you that. Right. Then you might want to start out with one of the PSAPs to improve your hearing. Uh, the Lexi devices that we were talking about is a good place to start. They cost around seven hundred and fifty dollars. Mm-hmm. And uh, you can have that device, uh, like I said, it connects to your phone, so you can use it for listening to music and everything else. Right. So it's it has many purposes, but the main one is that it will assist you in hearing people talk to you. You can adjust it over your phone app so that you can push out background noise while the person is talking. You can adjust it based on the location you're in if you're in a large room or auditorium versus a one-to-one conversation. So it has a lot of positives that you could use. The last device that we want to talk about is not on the market as yet in the U.S., but it's coming. They're called X-ray glasses, X-R-A-I glasses. Now, these, this device is for people with moderate to severe hearing loss to deafness. Right. Because this device is actually a pair of glasses. They look like sunglasses. They're not big and bulky. And You're very stylish. They're very stylish looking. And they will actually take verbal information and convert it to text. So you're getting closed captioning running across the lens of your glasses. glasses. Mm-hmm. So somebody can be talking to you, can be having a conversation, and if you're not hearing them well, you can still read the text that's going across your glasses. It's for people, I would say, if you're experiencing hearing loss and you feel like that's going to be something that's going to get worse as time goes on, you might want to get a pair of the x-ray glasses so that if you get to the point where you have total loss, hearing loss, you'll be used to using mm-hmm. these glasses 
that give you a closed captioning. They also, one of the other benefits of them is that they will translate languages. Right. So if someone is speaking to you in Spanish, you can have the glasses tell you what they said in English. So they have many purposes. We're not sure about the prices yet on them, but I saw the information I saw was something like maybe five, $600 for a pair of these x-ray glasses. But again, this is a device that can take you from moderate hearing loss into deafness if that happens to you and give you some assistance uh, as you go to that point. Right. And the, the other feature that is really great other than the, the, the speech-to-text and language translation is that it's a great way to communicate with someone if you don't have sign language skills. Right, right. That just broadens the world to, on both parties that we can now communicate without having that skill set. Right. Now, I would still recommend those who have had hearing loss to, to encourage you to, to learn sign language. But for those of us who may not see the need for that, um, that's something that helps bridge that gap between communication. Right, and if you're communicating with someone that doesn't read sign language, yeah. even though you know how to do it, right. this helps uh, uh, tremendously. Again, it's a product that's on the horizon. Uh, I know it's in, uh, they're doing tests of it now, and, and you can sign up to be a person that tests the product. But it's, it'll be here soon. I think it's actually being de developed in uh, England. But it'll be here soon, and I think it'll be a device that's very helpful in, again, maintaining your quality of life as you deal with loss, yeah. <laughs> which is something we deal with as you get older. Uh, loss of hearing, loss of sight, loss of uh, loved ones even. Yeah. I mean, that's something that we have to deal with as we get older. Uh, loss of mobility, that's another issue that you deal with. But again, Tech Connect is out here looking for the devices, the technical devices that can assist us all as we age, and we'll tell you about what we find. And if you know of something that we don't say anything about, you can send us a text message or email and let us know about that and we'll research it if you haven't done the research and we'll tell you about it later on. But again, we encourage everyone to allow these devices to become a part of your life. Yeah. Right. <laughs> okay? Because they can help you and it's it's not a badge of honor to be the person the older person that stands there and tells you how they like to do things the old-fashioned way because you know back when we used to write letters we wrote letters well nobody's writing letters anymore they're sending text messages emails okay so nobody wants to put a letter in the mailbox and have it go snail mail so it's no badge of honor to act like that because you're eliminating a myriad of things that can help you as you get older. And that's, that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Not to me, anyways, but you know, other people have their own reasons. And Bruce, I share that same sentiment. It, we're giving you permission to cheat. It's okay to cheat and have an advantage over shortcomings that over time 
you're going to be susceptible to. Right. So reach out, cheat, whatever you got to do to grab one in your life to enjoy it as much as you possibly can. Don't hold back. The only thing I suggest you do, though, is when you start spending your money, you make sure you have a budget <laughs> yeah, that's for true. assistive technology devices. Right. Because just like you have a budget for everything else, like clothes and traveling and restaurants and what have you, you need to make sure you got yourself an assistive technology budget. Right. Because as you live longer in this world, you're going to have to buy something. So you might as well be prepared for it. Yeah. Even if it's just a little cane. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so... Uh, you have anything else to say, Mike? About oh, oh no, I just one thing I'm gonna say is that um, we tend to focus our conversations on older adults, senior citizens, but especially when you talk about young people, especially those under the age of 18. Whenever we talk about these kinds of devices, it's good to make sure that you get the information and knowledge from a knowledge a knowledgeable, qualified medical professional before you pursue these ventures into these assistive technologies get medical professional intervention first before you go down this road. Right. Okay, so we're going to conclude today's podcast, and we'll see you again on the other side. No. Okay, folks. Another piece of information that we failed to tell you earlier is our contact information. You can reach Tech Connect. That's T-E-C-H-C-O-N-E-C-T, Tech Connect. And you can reach us by phone at 484-918-0158. Once again, that's 484-918-0158 or by email. And the email address is techconnect720 at gmail.com. That's T-E-C-H-C-O-N-E-C-T 720 at gmail.com. So we invite you to get in contact with us and uh, so we can assist you with what your needs are. And thank you.